The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us, hanging out with us, I should say, for another episode of Upon Further Review brought to you by our pals at Coors Light. And today... We give the PR staff a break, but we got my man Q from Raider Nation Radio 920 AM here in the desert to hang out. And Q, we just wrapped up minicamp, officially donezo, right. in the rearview mirror, and it's uh, it's just kind of that next thing on the offseason calendar. And dude, we're going to wake up in like three days and be like, oh man, it's, it's time to go to training camp. Right, exactly. And that's the beauty of it. You know, when the Super Bowl always gets wrapped up, I always think, oh, there's such a lull in between the Super Bowl and when everything gets ramped up again. But then with the extra week... Everything was pushed back. It's like, boom, free agency, boom, the draft, boom, minicamp, boom, training camp, boom, the regular season. Like, it's going to be here before we know it. And so you you kind of got to appreciate the downtime that you have, even though we complain about, oh, there's too much downtime. But before you know it, there will be no downtime. So take it while you can get it. 100%. And speaking of that downtime, we're going to go on vacation. We're going to get a little time nice. away from this building. We're going to nice. relax. Uh, but I want to talk about minicamp. But before we do that, Q, I got some bills to pay, man. I got to pay I got to pay the good people at Shift for payments. So we begin the shows we all Always do with our transactions brought to you by the aforementioned Shift for Payments. And two pieces of news since we recorded last week, Q. Uh, on June 7th, just two days ago, the Silver and Black signed tight end Jesper Horstead. And then the very next day, which would be yesterday in this case, the Raiders signed running back Zamir White. Fourth rounder signed him to his rookie deal and also waived tight end Travis Kuhn. So, I mean, you talk about Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, yeah. and, and you and I have talked about this a million times. The roster remains fluid, right? The roster is this living, breathing organism. And even in the middle of training camp, McDaniels and DZ are still doing their thing. Yeah, and, and that's what they're supposed to do. You know, and everyone always asks, or less, when I say everyone, I mean fans always ask, you know, why is there so much turnover? Why are they bringing guys in? Why are they, you know, having their them for a couple of weeks and then they're gone? Look, that's the beauty of having 90 men. You know, 90 men, they're trying to find the best 53 once training camp gets wrapped up and they're actually putting the roster together. They're looking for what pieces fit. So they know the core pieces, but there's also other pieces that are very valuable. So you're going to see guys, you're going to see them uh, come in. You're going to see guys get released. You're going to get uh, all kind of different thoughts from, uh, you know, different players and, and coaches on certain guys. And that's just the nature of the beast. And I love it. It's like a puzzle, you know. And it is. I've never completed one of the big puzzles on the table. <laughs> I've never have. I've never completed a Rubik's Cube. I just cheat and I just the Rubik's Cube is hard though man. yeah the I take Rubik's the stickers off and yeah. I just kind of put them all together so it looks good but I mean that's what this is this is a huge puzzle that Dave Ziegler and, and Champ Kelly and company are putting together right now and speaking of that puzzle I guess one piece one side of the puzzle is minicamp right that's right. kind of one of the the building blocks one of the tools they use to eventually build the mosaic that will be mm-hmm. your 2022 Las Vegas Raiders and Q we talked about earlier officially done minicamp in the books uh, and I will say today, after being outside for the past two days, <laughs> right. we got to shift indoors yes. into the bubble, into the climate-controlled excellence that our indoor practice facility is. And and I, I'll be honest with you, man, I'm soft. 
I'm real soft. And so Nobody for me, wants to ever be called hey, soft, man. I'll tell you, man, in regards to the weather, I am soft. I don't like when it's too hot. I don't like when it's too cold. So it was really nice to be inside yeah. that, that beautiful space today instead of sweating it outside at the 110 degree plus. Well, all I know is then when Cam came in and said, hey, we're going inside today, and everyone gave a big roar. <laughs> That's all that I needed to know, that, okay, it is all good. And there was a couple guys from the media that weren't able to be there the, the first two days. And so all of a sudden they hear that, and they're like, man, I had my hat. I had my sunscreen. I was prepared. But, hey, it's better to be prepared and not need it than, uh, you know, need it and not be prepared. A thousand percent, man. So, I mean, really diving into to mini camp the past three days of what we've seen and what we haven't right. seen. And, and I'm curious for your take, man, where, like, I'm not a big – like, there's things that you're going to learn about this team and things mm-hmm. that I think we have learned over the past 72 hours. But for the people that are taking everything we've seen the past couple of days as gospel, and this right. is the Raiders are going to go 17-0 or the Raiders are going to go 0-17, like, I just don't put that level of stock into what we've seen. And for me, the most important thing is the attendance. Everyone's in the house, man. Right. That for me, as we record on June 9th, that to me is the most important thing, that everyone is yep. here Everyone's working. There's no drama surrounding the absences that you see like other yeah. teams around the NFL. And it's just good to see guys getting to work and kind of checking that thing, checking things off the calendar. It excites me to get out here and see the mm-hmm. minicamp. And it's not because I'm looking for the X's and O's. It's not because I'm looking for the guy who's standing out and he's going to be the stud player. Look out for this player. I just like to see them being together and knowing that it, like you said, is a piece of the puzzle. They're trying to see what works. It's a really good evaluation period. You know what I mean? Like this is really good just to see where these guys are. It's almost like when you get into a new class and they give you a test on the first day, and you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, that's not cool. I just got to class. How am I going to get mm-hmm. a test? And then they say, well, we just want to know where you're at. You know what I mean? So it's like this This is what that, that minicamp is perfect for, just to see where guys are at, uh, what they're picking up right now, and then, boom, once training camp goes, then it's full throttle. Yeah, I mean, and like the you know the information of who's running with the first team, who's right. running the second team, like, I, I guess there's some there's value in that. There's something but it's there's something, it's Yeah, so but fluid. it's incredibly fluid. And, yeah. and I was talking with Vic Tafer earlier today about just kind of, you know, Going through that that exercise, right, of, hey, someone's running with the first team on, on June 8th, right? right? And, oh, man, what does this mean? And there's so many examples over the past couple of years, and the Raiders are not unique in this. This happens all around the league. But we were just bringing up guys that were essentially like, you know, T-shirt and shorts all-stars, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. dudes that for minicamp or OTS, <laughs> right. oh, my God, this guy's the next big thing. Yeah. And then you're going to wake up on August 1st be like, hey, whatever happened to, whatever happened to that dude? Right. So, I mean, I know that fans get really worked up mm-hmm. about it. Oh, player X is running with the second team. Or, oh, right. player Y is on with the first team. Like, relax. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it's hard to do sometimes because we're so, you know, starved for any type of right. little interesting football nugget. But you kind of have to take all this stuff in that regard with a bit of a grain of salt. No, you do. You, you do. And, and the fan base, you know, Raider Nation is so passionate about everything that's Raider related. And so they're going to latch on to everything. And sometimes it's it's almost too, you know, to a fault, you know, where they latch onto it too much. And like, no, I mean, look, there was a there was a typo on the, on the roster. And all of a sudden oh. it was like, oh, that's that's a that's a, that's a, cha- a position change. I guarantee you it's a position change. I'm like, no, it's just a typo. It's going to be okay. But again, I love it because that shows the passion of Raider Nation. Yeah, 100%. And it is so funny, though, where I know the example you're talking about. It's like three days of media coverage, man. <laughs> yes. You know, I go through clips every morning. I'm like, we're still talking about this? Right. We're still talking about this? Uh, I mean, our poor PR staff. I've like, got 90 felt, guys on a roster man. right now, and you yeah. have one one letter off, and it's, it's a story. But, yeah. you know, I, I think that 
there are things to your point that that you can learn yeah, from this period. Right? I think that you look at at Devontae Adams, you look mm-hmm. at Hunter Renfro, and obviously they're not going up against live competition. But I think for a guy like Devontae, and we just heard his pe- press conference. I think to just see him here physically, right. to be like this is a dude who's going through the motions in a good way, of right? Course, of he's course. here going yeah. through the motions. Yep. He's here with the team taking those reps. I mean, just to see him do his thing for the first time, you know, not with pads on, but at right. least wearing a helmet, mm-hmm. like that's it's good to feel. Good about him at this point in the year, if that makes sense. No, it does. And the thing about it is, it's it's great that he's here putting in the work in mandatory minicamp, but he was here in OTAs when it was voluntary. Yep. That means that he still has that burn in the belly. You know, and what I took away from him talking was he's got so much aspirations of what he wants to do as a player and as a teammate. Dude who's not shy about it either. No, he's not shy. And that's what's the good thing about it is like, hey, don't anoint me anything yet. I'm not there, right? I mean, he even brought up Jerry Rice. Like, hey, you know, I can't compare myself to Jerry Rice because he's already established. He's already the guy. I'm trying to get to that level. You know, I'm trying to be that dude. So I could appreciate that because he – is uh, arriving here with the Raiders, arriving here with Derek Carr, and he has plans to make some real magic happen. If you're a Raider fan, you're fired up when you hear that because that's a superstar. Make no mistake about it. That's a superstar that's a very humble dude and hungry. But let's let's also emphasize, Q, he's still a superstar. I mean, you yep. saw him going through practice in the gold cleats the other Facts. day, right? Facts. I mean, you and I are not rolling to work in no. the old Madden, Madden no. Club 99 shoes. No, not at all. But he also could take the roles of saying, hey, I'm a superstar. I'm good. I'll mm-hmm. be on the 53-man roster come day one. I don't have to work so hard. But that's not where his head's at, right? And that's, that's where the humility comes in. And that's what I could appreciate is like, hey, I'm humble. I'm ready to go out there and put in the work. Uh, I got Darren Waller next to me. I got Hunter Renfro next to me. I, I mean, this this offense could be potentially great. You know, he, he talked about the running backs, everything. So he sees the vision. Now he's ready to go out there and execute it. And that's where you could appreciate him being not only at mandatory minicamp, but also voluntary OTAs. And I think one thing that stood out to me, too, just talking about Devontae's you know, presser earlier today is like, this is a dude who's happy to be here, right? right? And I forget who it was Thrilled. that asked the question yeah. about, like, hey, you know, someone in your position, right, superstars, mm-hmm. they they can go where the money is and just say, hey, man, I'm getting the, the kind of money that's going to change my grandkids' grandkids' life. Right. I can't say no to that. And then the situation is what it is. But this is a dude who got paid a lot of money yeah. but is wants to be here, is happy to be here, is committed to being mm-hmm. in this community. And, and I think that's a really important aspect of kind of his tenure in Silver and Black, too. It, it really is. And I honestly think that it's kind of a shift, and it's been shifting in the past few years, but I think it's kind of a shift from what we saw, you know, later in in, in a lot of, of players' careers. You know, they went to the Raiders when the Raiders weren't very good and said, hey, I'm just going to go get one more paycheck and try to do whatever, you know, play 16 games and then go to Cabo. But, yeah. you know, he, he sees this team. He sees this organization. He sees this community, like you mentioned, being on the West Coast so his family can come see him. I mean, there's so many things that he loves about being here. He said it. I'm having the time of my life being a Raider. That means something. It's not just I'm cashing a check. Hundred percent, and and I think the other thing is that he clearly has, you know, for lack of a better term, like the five year plan right. for being here too. Yep. Like this yep. is not a dude who's like, hey, I want to have like one or two really mm-hmm. kind of top end premier years. Right. Like this is a dude who's like, nah, like I want to, I want to do this for a long time, right. more than twelve, twenty four, thirty six months. And and the fact that he chose to do that here right. says a lot about not only the quarterback he's working with, but and that says not a lot about, excuse me, says a lot about this city as well, but this organization too. It does. And, and, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me when he was talking about that, about the, like you mentioned, the five-year plan, and he didn't necessarily say the exact number of yeah. years, but he let it be known that Rodgers ain't going to be around for... That, I also picked, on that, that, picked up on that, too. That stood out in a major way. He ain't yeah. going to be around long. And uh-huh. he was like, hey, I'm not sacrificing my great years so he can have a couple of really good years. Years plural, too. Plural, yeah, exactly. So I, I, that stood out to me, I mean, in a major way that, 
you know, if Aaron Rodgers wakes up at the end of the year this upcoming season and says, hey, I'm done, it wouldn't surprise me. Were Based off like, what I heard from Devontae Adams. So I was in the control room up here during that press conference. You were down in the media room. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you guys had the same reaction. Because when he was saying that, like, I know all of us were like, Huh. Right. Like, was that what it was? That what it that's was like what it was too? for me. But you know, it's all quiet and yeah, everyone's yeah, I guess you know, doing their hard. thing. So I wasn't really paying attention. I just was looking and calculating in my head, like, okay, the end is coming really soon for Aaron Rodgers, and he just let that be known. And he didn't want the end. He, the end's not coming for Devontae Adams anytime soon. No, not not for a long time. And, right. And I think that there's there's value too. And, and I think that a lot of times, and I fall victim to this occasionally too, where you you just look at this plan, not even using Devontae as an example, but you look at this guy as like just an incredible football player. Right. But you know, when Devontae's like, yo, man, my grandparents have never seen me play football. Like, That's the, wild, right? It, isn't it incredible to think yeah. about? Yep. Like, yo, my grandparents, I'm one of the, the premier players in this game, mm-hmm. and grandma and grandpa have never had a chance to see me do my thing. So, like, thankfully for him where he's at a place now where he's got all the money in the world, right. he has, he has all these things that he can he can afford to do. Mm-hmm. But what he wants to do is he wants his grandparents to be right. able to, like, it's simple in like, the best pop- possible yeah. way, you know? It, it, it's humbling, and it, it just lets you know that these guys are more than superstars. They're humans, you know? I mean, who doesn't want to have their parents around to see them yeah. do something that they love? I, hey, I, I love that my mom listens to me on the radio. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if my mom never had a chance to listen to me on the radio, and then all of a sudden she was like, hey, I finally got to hear you, it'd be like, oh, my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that'd be great. I mean, he's, he's a human, you know, and that's, that's what humanizes everyone is when things like that pop up. My grandparents haven't got a chance to see me. Now we could pack out the suite, and they could all see me. You know, like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a very simple human thing. You're like, like yeah, man, this guy's a superstar. Yeah, this dude is, like, you know, the top right. one half of 1% of, of athletes in the game, but, like, He's just a dude, man. Right. He's a dude who wants to spend time with his family. But I guess shifting to the defensive side of, of things that we saw, and, and I think it's harder to kind of gauge where your defense is at in minicamp because yeah. no one's hitting each other. No, they're no, no. Pads, they're right. running around, right. like blah, blah, blah. But I think the one thing that really stood out to me in hearing the players talk this week is each and every one of them, to a man, brought up how smart, how organized, how with it Patrick Graham is. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that you and I kind of being here in the building have an idea of like, yeah, it's like a guy who's really on top of it. But to hear the players... And not just like one or two of the players, but every defensive guy that went to the podium the past couple of days, right. like, yo, this is like a different kind of cat in, yeah. the, in the intelligence ball game. Like, that's got to be exciting if you're a fan. It, it's got to be. It's got to be knowing that, you know, the defense, I think everyone saw the defense take some good steps a season ago and realizes that there's still a lot of room to growth and grow. And I think that Patrick Graham could do that. And that is with that intelligence, knowing how to use the players, knowing how to uh, make sure guys are set up for success, be put in the right position. And I think that's what the beauty of what Patrick Graham is able to do and doing some research, watching what he was doing in New York with guys that didn't necessarily fit into everything that he wanted to do he wasn't stubborn he wasn't well you have to do this you have to do this I'm gonna just bang my head over the the wall until you until you uh you do it no he was like okay I'm gonna set you up for success that guy has to get you excited because there's a lot of talent on that Raiders defense and I'm just waiting to see how he kind of rolls it out there yeah I mean you talk about that talent where you know at the end of the season last year I think that one of the narratives that I don't want to say has been has kind of fallen by the wayside but people forget how good the Raiders' defense played that final month, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I mean, like, yep. if the defense does not play to the level that they played, we're not talking about a postseason burst. At all. Not we're not. Close. We're not, not even talking. Exactly. No. So, like, you know, the cupboard is certainly not bare. You're adding some incredibly talented pieces. You look at Rocky Zane, you look at Chandler mm-hmm. Jones, you look at dudes like that. And I think it's fair to have some questions still sure. about the defense, about, okay, what's the linebacker situation going to look at? Mm-hmm. You know, look like depth on the back end. You know, there's still a lot of things that we need to know between now and week one. But to have a guy like Patrick Graham mm-hmm. who comes in, who can assess, like, hey, there's a lot of good pieces here. We're going to add these other pieces. We're going to figure out a way to make them succeed. 
Like, that that gets me excited going into this year. Well, you know, when he uh, talked to the media in his introductory press conference, he said, I, I don't care about scheme. I don't care about the, the yeah. terminology. I care about having players. Well, you look up and down that Raiders defensive roster. They have players. They have players that are good. You know, they have good quality talent. A lot of young guys. Trayvon Merrick, Nate Hobbs. I mean, just to name a couple. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of talented dudes. I'm just interested to see how he puts it all together and 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 how he makes them go. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and pushes the right buttons. And that's what's exciting. Yeah, and I think especially we'll learn a lot when we get to training camp. Right. Because it, it, like we For talked sure. about, it's too hard to really kind of dissect and get in there. And you've heard, you know, every player and every coach say, hey, we're just installing things right yeah, now yeah. like you know we're just trying to get everyone up to speed on what the expectation is and 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 hearing the players and the coaches talk the other thing that really kind of stood out to me over the past couple of days is just everyone talks about the competition and I know it's such a sports cliche mm-hmm. it is such a tired football cliche right but to have this team you know assembled now on June 9th a team that went to the playoffs a year ago a team that went through arguably one of the wildest 12 months uh, in NFL history for any football team facts. and managed to make it into the tournament. Mm-hmm. But now for them to come into this situation, a good team, objectively a good team, and say, yo, we're still competing with each other to get better and better and better going into this year. I mean, that's exactly what you want to hear on June 9th. No, it is. It is. And, and you know, one of the things that I, I took away from all the, you know, the interviews or media sessions that we heard was every guy to a T was like, hey, I'm just in my playbook trying to learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like they're just, well, I'll wait till training camp and I'll pick it up then. It's like, no, I'm here at OTAs. We have just about 100% attendance, mandatory mini camp. I'm diving into it. I'm listening to my coaches, uh, excited by the coaches that they're pushing us. So, yeah, I, I think that you do learn a lot about these players and, and what their expectations are. And as you mentioned, man, a year ago was just insane. I mean, no one could have ever scripted the kind of season that the Raiders had and still found a way to make themselves a, a playoff team, you know, and still found a way to be really close to even tying up a playoff game at the end. And who knows? Knows what happens in overtime but I mean just with that accomplishment and now knowing what you have you know, coming in and you know the guys that have been there done that you see the skins on the wall already you realize this team has an opportunity to be really good but right now is the building blocks this is when you start the building for that that team is, is right now in June I mean speaking of the skins on the wall I think it was Devontae that said it today that one thing that I was like man, that can't be true but then you remember it is he goes Josh has been to almost ten Super Bowls. Right, that's crazy. That's right? unbelievable. It that's is. like a mat. That's like not even right. mad in life. No, like, that's like I've been to what eight, nine, ten Super Bowls. Yeah, it hasn't right. won them all, but to even right. get to that Just point, to be is there, obscene. Right, exactly. Obscene. So he's got. A, he's definitely going to bring that that knowledge and that uh, that know how to the team, to the organization, you know, and I think that's going to play dividends. And also, when you have that, and you've been there, done that as many times as Josh McDaniels has done that. Who am I to say? Hey man, uh, this isn't the way we should be doing things. You know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah. it makes players yeah. and it makes everyone say, "Okay, well he's been there, done that." So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's go ahead and roll with it. You know, one thing I, I'm gonna, I'd love to ask. I got to remember to ask someone this off season because I feel like it's not fair to ask him now. But I'd love to ask whether it's Derek Renfro, whoever it mm-hmm. is. You know, in March of next year, like how difficult? Really, like be straight with me. Like how complicated and how complex? How many nuances? Are there to learning Josh's system? Right, because we've heard from so many people. Oh, this guy's a—he's one of the most incredible football minds. He's mm-hmm. a savant of offense. All he does is score touchdowns. Yada yada yada. And I imagine getting into a playbook that is as you know nuanced as that. I mean, yeah. it can't be easy. Oh no, I can only imagine. I—I I, I just in my head, I have this big picture of this big old huge. Oh, binder. for sure. You know what I mean? For like, sure. And I know that that's not how they have it. And, how and, there's, and there's like a little candle on top. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I picture like Josh McDaniels in the lab at his house or something, super late night and you know just oh this is a beautiful idea this is great yeah. you know that's what I think of 
not saying that that's what's happening, but I mean that's just that's what I picture because I, I can't imagine him not having an extensive playbook. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, a question that I think is better asked at the end of this year. For you sure. know, you don't want. I mean, it's not fair to ask no. any of those dudes right now what mm-hmm. it's like, but you know, definitely exciting, uh, an exciting time for the guys on the offensive side of football, but an exciting time for Frank this organization and all fifty three guys on that roster. But Q, before we get out of here, I want to ask you this: one, what's your biggest question as we sit here on June 9th? As we get ready to kind of ease into mm-hmm. to our summer break, what's your biggest question heading into training camp? Um, I think I probably have to just question uh, about the depth of the of the secondary. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys, but I, I mean, I don't know who the guy is going to be, and like I don't need to know who the guy is supposed to be in June, right? Yeah. But you just you just kind of wonder, you know, who's going to step up and who's really going to lock down, you know, the the, the outside corners, you know, who's going to be, I, I feel confident, great about what Nate Hobbs is going to bring to the table. I feel really good about the back end, you know, I, I like what Trayvon Merrick is bringing to the table. You know, I just kind of want to see how it all, all goes together. You know, that secondary is a big question. I always say, as I talked to Trayvon Merrick the other day, I said, DBs win games. So I'm always focused in on the DBs. So that's, that's going to be my number one question. I'm with you. I think, that, I think that's valid. I think for me... Since you took the DBs, I'm just going to take the the state of the offensive line for sure. I think that's that's one that I have a lot of questions about. I might be in the minority a little bit, Q, where I, you know, obviously the big fan sentiment right now is, oh, where's Alex Leather? We're going to end up, of course, be on the inside. He's going to yep. be a right tackle, and I think that's valid. I yeah. think that's an incredibly important question. I guess I just don't put as much into that as maybe your your average fan does. No, no, the offensive line gets talked about all the time. Yeah. All the time. That is the number one thing that all fans are asking is what's going on with the offensive line? Where's Leatherwood going to be? You know, where's Denzel Good going to be? Where I mean everything, every to a T, they want to know this that and the other. Where does Dylan Parham fit into mm-hmm. the to the mix, you know, because he was a third round pick. Uh so there you go. I mean, there's it's a lot of questions. Uh the offensive line gets talked about a lot, so. And no, but I'm just saying I guess I I don't worry about I'm worried might be too strong of a word. I guess I I just don't put as much thought into, oh, where's Leather we're going to show up? Right. Because, you know, we've heard from Josh, we've heard from Dave, we've heard from really the collective that, you know, and I'm sure a lot of it is, you know, them kind of dance around and being political on June 9th. Which, which but he says, okay. yo, we're going to put the best five guys out there. Mm-hmm. And I take them at their word for that. For sure. Like, if they say, hey, you know, you know, Leatherwood's one of our best five, but in order for our best five to get out there, he's got to move inside. Okay. Or mm-hmm. in order for him to be one of the best five. He's got him on the outside. Okay. Right. I mean, look, we talk about this dude a lot. This dude has dealt with a lot over the past 12 months. Right. Uh, he's been, I think, pretty open and honest about kind of how he's, uh, you know, looked at his season, how he his season has been perceived, all that kind of stuff. But, like, he played a lot of football. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing, and you and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. one thing that people forget, this dude, as a rookie, played a lot of football. Yep. So if he's going to be in the outside, great. If they want to kick him inside, fantastic. But I'm just kind of curious to see how that, we talk about the mosaic, right? right. How that little part of the picture right. ends up is going to be really, really interesting to me. And obviously, you know, we won't have a really good idea of that until a couple weeks in a camp. Exactly. And, and the offensive line is always going to be a work in progress. I mean, mm-hmm. as simple as that. But uh, that was something Josh McDaniels pointed out, too, and, you know, at the owners' meetings or, or the combine, wherever it was. But he was saying that, hey, this guy has played a lot of football. That's only going to help him. And he said that. He, he talked to the media just the other day. Hey, I played a lot of football. You know, I learned a lot about myself. I did some, some training, some homework. I know what I need to do to, to, to get better. So that's all you can ever ask for is the best five to be out there. I don't care where they play. And you know I know, what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And I know it's a little bit of the apples and oranges situation, but, you know, how quickly fans forget how the, you know, the type of way they feel about Colton Miller after yeah. his rookie year. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And I know it's a little bit different, but, like— Not I really. Mean, it's kind of the yeah, same. I mean, yeah, 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 very, very similar. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. dude, like— you know, all these fans are all up in arms. Oh, Colton's this, Colton's right. that. Colton's the best offensive lineman that came out of that class. No doubt. 
No doubt. Like, it's not you, even got, close. you got a premier yep. franchise left tackle, mm-hmm. and you forget about him because he doesn't say a lot. He just goes to work, and he's right. not the most overly you know emotional, outspoken kind of dude. But that's a guy for 17 weeks. You know where he's going to be. Solid. He's going to be a stud. Yep. And so I think you know obviously we're we're hoping for that from Leatherwood in year two. But just a friendly reminder: don't forget, guys. Yeah. Don't forget. No, no, that's that's facts. And I'll tell you, being at that draft when Miller was selected, I said he was going to be a backup right tackle, the best. That was going to be the best he was going to do in his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of big. I guess misses. I was wrong. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to not think of big misses that I had. I, I feel like I've had two. Only because I was uh, so high on Derwin James and he was right there. Oh, actually, you know what? This is a big miss. I was a huge Johnny Manziel guy. I oh, thought, okay. I thought yeah. Johnny Manziel was going to change the face of the NFL. Yeah, so did that, Jerry Jones. Yeah, <laughs> and and look, I mean, I guess he changed the NFL in some way, yeah. shape, or form. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did. He sure did. He sure did. But hey, I think uh, it worked out for the Raiders in it that did, one, big in time, major way. Q, before. Before we get out of here, though, this is how I end my shows. I crack a nice cold, uh, ice cold bruchacho. The show okay. is sponsored by, sponsored by Coors Light. I got to keep the people happy. Yeah. So I'll go first. I'll give you a little taste. So I'm cracking a nice cold one today for my wife. It's her birthday. Happy so birthday. I, thank you. Thank you to her. I, I like how I'm taking credit for I that. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank hey, whatever you. Whatever happens. But yeah, man, I'm cracking a nice cold for her, man. She's doing doing a great job going to grad school, kicking ass, being a second grade teacher. Got a lot going on. She deserves to have a nice dinner tonight. She's going to get that nice dinner. It's yeah. going to cost me too much money. I've already come Facts. to peace with that. Yeah. But I'm cracking this one for her. She deserves a cue. Who are you going to crack a nice cold bruchacho for on the way out today? Oh, man. Well, now you put that kind of pressure on me. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to crack an ice cold one for uh, for my son, for little Q. Uh, he uh, he just finished his freshman year Love at uh, Western Oregon. And, I mean, he's a, he's a starting point guard for the basketball team. And like I tell him, and I kind of went on a rant on the radio the other day about it, it's like, dude, you've already done more in your life than, than I could ever do. You, because of your ability to put a ball through the hole, get up and down the court, get other guys in transition, have paid for your school. And you know, as a guy who went to school, oh, yeah. how much that could be, right? IQ, I'm still paying <laughs> to be a guy that went to school. And that's why I said, <laughs> go on, get your buckets, go on, get your layups, do what you got to do, keep doing it, because you, not me, are taking care of you. When did, uh, when did little Q first be able to beat you one-on-one? Uh, he still has not beat me. I find that very hard. No, we don't play very often. Okay. We don't. We, okay. And most of the time we do, we're on the same team. Okay. So that's that's the biggest key. Because you know that's a big thing. When right. Oh no, no. Yeah. Like, when I beat my like dad a, for the yeah. first time, I yeah, was like, remember, nobody could beat me then. You know. But, I'm paying the mortgage now, old man. But, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but no. Well, the one time that we really, really went head to head, but it was we were playing five on five, and uh, I remember I blocked his shot, and then he uh, he tried to go get a rebound, and somehow I snaked it. I got a better position than him, and so I just I kind of bragged in his ear the whole time about that. So he's a little angry. But but now we don't really go head to head. We're usually on the same team. That's good. But he's it. way better. Than, yeah, but <laughs> way better. As than long me. as you could admit that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. As yeah. long as you can. No, be like I that. was an athlete where I was just athletic. Mm-hmm. He's an athlete and he's fundamental and he's you know what I mean like yeah. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I just could out athlete you at a certain point. Now I can't. Nah. But I can out bruchacha you. That that yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a that's an, that's a skill in and of itself, my friend. Bingo. That is a skill in and of itself. Well, hey man, this was great. I appreciate you coming in, hanging out today. Uh, we always do this at the end too when people come in. Thirty seconds of plugs. Q, where can the people find you and listen to you? Well, Raider Nation Radio nine twenty all day long. Really, I mean two to five p.m. Holding it down, unnecessary roughness, uh, and of course on Twitter at your boy Q two five four. And everything else I'm doing is all there. It's like a GPS, so you can find me there. Boom, love it, love it, love it, love it. I love that we're also done with mini camp. We're gonna enjoy a little time to ourselves. We're gonna get ready for training camp because. Dude, you know as well as I do, we're going to yep. wake up and be like, oh, my God, it's 6.30 in the morning. We're out here right. at the facility. Yep. What day of camp is it? Uh, but it's exciting, man. This is like that magical time of year where yeah. it's like you're getting close to Christmas. You're getting close yeah. to Christmas. Let's go to sleep. 
Let's enjoy it. <laughs> we're going to wake up, and we're going to go do it all over again, and I cannot wait. So, Freddie Pascal, my man Q, Ray, who's uh, behind us on the ones and twos, making sure everything exists, and Alexandra back in the control room, making sure everything really does, does exist, exist and doesn't break and right. keeps us doing our thing. Uh, and for everyone at Silver and Black Productions, we thank you for hanging out with us, and we'll catch you guys same time, same place next week for our usual episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Today tastes like a sunny day, like firing up the senses and cooling them down with a nice cold coat. Today tastes like a well-oiled grill. Like it smells so good, you can't help yourself. Hey, not ready yet. Like hands dipping in a nice bucket. Today tastes like a Sunday ritual. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first.